I would like to acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on Jar Jar Wurrung country. We pay our respects to the traditional custodians of this land and acknowledge leaders and elders past, present and future. Thank you. Hello and welcome. You are listening to Soul Care Bendigo's podcast, Naked. I'm your host, Gail Wilson, and together we will go through a series of storytelling, conversations and strategies about leaning into life's lessons, the good, the bad and the downright painful, as we journey back to ourselves and back to our intuition. Through the lens of witness and reflection, we will work our way through a series of raw, stripped-back, relatable topics and personal experiences. There will be laughter, tears and the occasional swear word because, hey, life is too short to hold back. So come along with me on this journey and let's talk life. You can follow and subscribe to Soul Care Bendigo's Naked to get notifications for upcoming episodes as they land in your space. So lend me your ears and your heart as we go through this journey together. Hello, hello, Solis, and welcome back to another episode of Soul Care Bendigo's podcast, Naked. Today, I am joined by a very dear friend that I've had in my life for a long time. And the reason I have invited this goddess in is because we've been on a really interesting journey together and we both made the switch and the change and we're both catapulted to do that by the same means, which was parenting. Mm-hmm. So Haley, welcome to our podcast today. It is a pleasure to have you here. Thank you for having me. Lovely to be here. Today, we will get to live have a conversation that we have regularly in our friendship group. It's about parenting. And for you and I, we parented through the same years and we both can identify it wasn't as peachy as we thought it was going to be and that you can't control these people. When we can't control them, what this brings up for us and how we actually turn up in that situation where things are out of control and chaos is active, then of course, what that brings up for us personally in our dark corners, the darkest corners of our souls that we often don't want to visit and sit in. You and I both decided to invest in counselling. You have your counsellor. We've both been to two different counsellors and we both go to the same counsellor. And that has worked because we can talk the same dialogue. I feel like when we discuss something that we went over, what we learned, we're talking the same language. And that makes a massive difference in, I think, our growth and how we really catapult each other into our new kind of aha moment or that realisation of something that we're doing. And what I say about cancelling is we both decided to invest in ourselves. Can you tell me about what you think is the value in investing in yourself? It's that old saying that your health has that ripple effect. It affects everything you do and everyone that you know. And I think especially mental health, a happy person gives off happy energy. A grumpy person gives off grumpy energy and that will ripple out into the day. If you can get on top of all your shit and be a calm person, I think with parenting, if you have a calm day, it's a good day. And just realising that the buck stops with you, that you've got to break that generational habits. The way that you were parented may not be the way that you want to parent. You see so much of yourself in your own children. And you go, well, these are things that I hated during my childhood and I definitely don't want to do that. But then you see yourself maybe having a bad day and going, oh, okay. And the other thing is it gives you so much 
sympathy for your parents and how they did things and you're like, wow, this is really hard and they actually made it look quite easy. But um, counselling, so many times I've sat with my counsellor and thought, wow, there is no way I would have come to that conclusion on my own. I absolutely needed this professional to help me to get there. No different to training your body at the gym or going to uni and learning something new. Our mind is something that constantly needs to be worked on. As they say, if you're not working on it, it's not working. That's right. And that's the interesting element of self-care really, isn't it? When we go back through, if I can go back through just what you were discussing then, it's really interesting. So in my household, three kids, same household, same parents, but such different perspective of how we all grew up. And that's based on who we are as individuals and our tastes and interests and all those sorts of things. But also it's that you know, you might have a child that is a little bit more anxious or you might have a child who's a little bit more happy-go-lucky and it's our perception of that childhood. So when we say we go to seek counselling, it's not even that you need to have a really particularly traumatic background or anything. You can have parents who absolutely slogged and did the best they could, but for you as an individual, you might have needed a different strategy. And I see it now with my three kids. I feel like I consistently show up the same way, but I know that each of them have a different love language. Each of them have a different cup that needs to be filled in a different way. And so I find parenting a bit more exhausting now probably than what my mum does. And sometimes she'll witness me and say, oh, you're giving in to all these things. And I can see her point of view because she it was one hat for everyone. Mm. Whereas now in modern parenting, we have these kinds of awareness of the different mindsets, the different learning strategies. But now we've almost created this massive load of work to support everybody mm-hmm. that it's like, okay, how can I condense myself, care for myself so that I can really be and give the energy to each of these individuals as they need it to happen for them mm-hmm. without burning out, you know, without rocking in a corner, yeah. without crying in a shower, or without hitting the bottle at the end of the day, which I know a lot of mums are doing. Yeah. For me, that doesn't work. and. It doesn't make me feel better. No. Well, it might for the night. Yeah. You wake up feeling like crud and then it's a whole nother groundhog day again. But your resilience is down. Yes. Because you've already started dehydrated, a little bit tired and a little bit foggy. Yeah. And so loud noises are that stimulation. And that's the other thing too. I think modern day parenting is meeting the needs of all of these individuals doing like most of us now, the females are balancing the money in the house. Mm-hmm. Never before as generations has that happened. Some of us are working, some of us aren't working, some of us are running a full-time house. But it's that mental load is so high that for me personally, any sudden yelling mm. nearly sets me oh, into like a straitjacket. 100%. I was thinking this the other day. I, I think I've always been a person that enjoys my own time and I need solitude quite often. And I used to sort of always struggle with parenting and a toddler and my daughter, she loves a chat, mm-hmm. but I've seen a lot of memes coming up lately that mums um, are overstimulated because there is just so much noise. And my daughter's at that age where she knows when I'm not listening to her and I've tuned out and she's like, are you even listening? And I'm like, I actually just can't physically listen to this many words in one day. You know, you go somewhere like a shopping centre and you've got you're at a checkout and they're asking you questions and you're like, I actually can't deal with all these bells and these 
things going off and someone's talking over the PA and a kid is screaming and it's like we're just not designed to concentrate in those times. It's, it's a sensory overload. And I love that that's now coming up a lot and people are acknowledging that parents are just actually quite overwhelmed with noise. <laughs> with life. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. So then we've acknowledged that. Mm-hmm. You and I both said, I think I'm fucking this up. Yeah. Or I'm snapping at this child who I love and the guilt, the yeah. guilt at not giving her my attention or the guilt at not listening or watching every second cartwheel. Mm. So for me, it came back to, and this is the pleasure, both of us have been hairdressers. We've spoken to people way beyond our years for many years and we've let, I would say, that the grand scheme of things and also the what I would love if I could get it back. Mm-hmm. And so for me, whenever I'm trying to find my patience, I always go back to those previous conversations. Will I miss this in years to come? Mm-hmm. Am I really being grateful for the opportunity of being parented? I'm not saying I'm ignoring all of my other feelings. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm shutting myself down and saying, just suck it up. You're lucky to even be a parent and all of those things, which is true. Mm-hmm. It's that matter of, okay, to be the best mum I want to be, I don't have the skill set. Mm-hmm. All this stuff is coming up for me and I don't have the skills. So this is where we both decided to seek some help. Mm-hmm. It might have been for different reasons. It might have been for different tendencies. But the liberation of going to get some help and then having a friend on the same journey as you is massive. It's mm-hmm. like the biggest, warmest hug of reassurance that everything will be okay Mm -hmm. was huge. And so I thank you for that. I thank you for telling me that you were seeing a counsellor. I thank you for listening to me. I would get out of my counselling appointment. I'd ring Hayley straight on the phone, (laughs) driving on the Bluetooth, and I'd be like, oh, my God, he's just given me the biggest epiphany. Do you know I do this because of this? And she'd be, you know, sometimes Hayley would also get the epiphany. Other times she'd be like, no shit, Sherla. (laughs) I hope you didn't pay for that. You know, then you and I kind of got the bug of feeling better. Mm. And so we both then decided let's start going on retreats. Mm. And we met some of the most incredible women. And it's only for a window of time, Mm. but the profound connection on knowing that other women feel the way you feel. Yeah. And that you're not a crap person. Yeah. And that you're not failing. It's just we all need moments to go back to ourselves. Yeah. The acknowledgement that it is hard is sometimes all you need. And not that it's good to see someone else struggling, but to know they are. And you might look at someone and think they've got it all sorted out and, oh, my God, they're the best parent. They never yell at their kids. and But you see them in those moments of vulnerability and you're like, oh, thank God, they're just like, <laughs> everyone does this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tell you, I remember vividly sitting around my dining table maybe a decade ago, maybe a bit before, my mum was sitting with us and we're at my old house. We're all having wine and my mum was having wine with us. It was unusual. She doesn't often socialise with us at all, but she was there that night and we were all just offloading and talking candidly and oversharing. And I remember everyone leaving and my mum went, wow, I was born in the wrong era. We would never have talked about the things you girls talked about. We would never have declared the things that you girls declared. It was brushed under the carpet. You never spoke about if your husband was frustrating you. 
she's like, it's not that you guys are any less loyal as wives or as mothers, mm. but you're just a problem shared is a problem halved. Mm. And mum's like, you guys just literally solved the world's problems yeah. <laughs> together as a community. Yeah. And she said, but we didn't do that back in our day. You just sucked it up and you got through it. Yes. And now, obviously, with Soul Care Bendigo, I'm seeing women in their 60s coming back to me saying, I have been lonely for so long. Mm. I've carried all this heartache and challenges that I fought on my own, and now I am exhausted, mm. but I'm retired, but I'm too bloody tired to do anything. Yeah. I'm too scared to step in a direction because I don't want to face it on my own anymore. Mm. So the investment of self-care. What else do you do for yourself, Hayley? What else can you tell our listeners is something that works for you when you're sitting in overwhelm, you could mention that you book into Soul Care Bendigo's monthly group <laughs> sessions. Well, I book into Soul Care Bendigo's <laughs> monthly group sessions. Look, I know when I'm in a bad headspace or just overwhelmed, I need to come back to friendships. So I will call a friend to go out for a coffee and I'm very social. Or I'll go 180, I need to be alone. My husband's pretty good at identifying that. He'll even just say to me, go for a walk go upstairs, do some yoga, whatever. I go to a gym that's pretty full on, like it's very... It's um, a torture chamber, folks, <laughs> I've been. I have dragged Gail there once. It's really full on, high intensity, cardio, and I go to shake the sillies out and I walk out of there feeling amazing because sometimes I do yoga or Pilates and I'm so bored to sobs and I just need to get that energy out of my head. And I just feel so good after doing that. So exercise is a massive thing for me. It's self-care. Otherwise, I'm really crafty. I find knitting really therapeutic. And anything that's repetition, so I do cross-stitching and I do knitting and I might do painting. I just try to do something that's not a screen or I walk because walking is just, once again, really repetitive. I'm chuckling on a podcast and away we go. It can be 20 minutes just to come back to yourself. Or like you said, when it's really loud, you can just, you know, I'll go downstairs into our garage and just having 20 minutes of quiet, I know I can go back upstairs and face the family again and do that crazy shower time, you know, dinner time, bedtime, just because you've had a second to breathe. Because, I mean, that's all it really is, isn't it? Just breathing. It is, but I will mention this that you probably don't even realize, but one thing that both of us have learned through our counseling and our work on gathering as many tools as we can through parenting, especially modern day parenting with tech and all that sort of social stuff, is that you and I have both adapted a very similar language on how we talk to our children in moments of overwhelm or stress. And I've heard you do it a million times. And so I think because we're both really good at speaking candidly to our children before shouts, mm. so it will be, excuse me, I'm actually having a conversation right now and I will talk to you in just a moment, mm. or it's equally, Gail, I'm just going to let Winter have a chance to speak and then I'm going to come back to this conversation. Yeah. And for me, it's also about, for an example, I am cactus when I leave Kmart. I don't know mm. what happens. It's the overstimulation the low lighting, the low level oh, yeah. ceilings with all the white fluoro linings. It's the overstocked shelves and all of that. I get very overstimulated. And you always hear a parent screaming at their kid in Kmart. And I think it, I think it is. It's the high <laughs> tension. Yeah. And I actually feel threatened 
Like I don't feel like particularly safe. Mm -hmm. And so my kids know that whenever I leave Kmart, not always, but 99% of the time, I'll feel sickly and actually feel headachy. And I will always have a conversation or even my daughter will say now, well, Kmart was a bit better today. Or, you know, she'll try to breathe some light on it because I've often walked out going, I don't know what happens to me, kids, but nothing happens to me in that store and it's like all the blood drains out of my body. Yeah, my husband's the same. I took him there once and he was like, we are never going to that place ever again. And we were in there, honestly, five minutes. He's like, I couldn't deal. It's like the most horrible energy. It is. Yeah, it's a lot. And I think it's the kids being overstimulated. So it's the, can I have this? Can I have this? Yeah, but I want to do this back over. And you're like, oh. Yeah. yeah. Look, nothing against Kmart. It's not just that store. For me, it's any shopping center. Yeah. It's the getting things asked to me. Well, I'm trying to remember what the hell I even went in there for, which I normally always leave without. It's the same, you know, supermarket. And so it's that having that conversation with your kids. Let them know what your fragile triggers are. Yeah. It's not their job to be mindful. It's not their job to behave that we're, you know, as our coping mechanism. But I will say this, it is really important that as a family, as a tribe, as a community, that it is imperative that we all know how to support one another. Mm-hmm. And our children now are so emotionally aware mm-hmm. and I would rather them know the truth of why I'm feeling the way I am or why I'm behaving the way I am rather than them to make a story up in their mind, mm-hmm. which we know those stories that get made up in our mind through self-doubt yeah. create way bigger problems in our future. Yeah. So a parent who really communicates, I'm really sorry, I'm just going through this moment, I'm feeling really overwhelmed, it's just a bit too loud for me, but you kids are just being kids, so you keep doing what you're doing, I'm just going to step in the bedroom and read my book for 10 minutes. Yeah. Rather than constantly disappearing or if they come to into the bedroom to see you, getting cranky because your time was interrupted. Yes. So it's that how do I set our household up for success? Mm-hmm. And part of that is communication, yeah. reassurance, yeah. and having everyone to have their space and assessing, again, as I do in my older wisdom self, is this something I'm going to regret not paying attention to? Yeah. And that old adage of make sure you're present when they tell you the small things because otherwise they won't tell you the big things in the teenage years. It's interesting you say that about just communicating with them how you're feeling because I know when I was growing up it was just actually zero to 100, like in anger or frustration, and so you didn't really ever know what's happened to mum and dad leading up to that point, what's made them explode because they haven't communicated to you what they're feeling or... So now I swear in front of my daughter, which I know I'm not supposed to do, but I just want her to see that we're human as well. Mm -hmm. And I might get frustrated at something, but I will make a point of saying to her, I'm sorry, but I'm just really frustrated at this door that won't open. Yeah. So she doesn't. So it's got got to. It's not me. Mum's not angry. And it's temporary. Yeah. It's a moment. It's temporary. And it's I'm angry at the door because it won't open. It's like there's nothing else going on. And I just want her to see that. I know our generation was always anger is bad, whereas that's something I've learned in counselling, that anger is normal. Yeah. And we need to let it out and we need to express it because it's when we don't that it builds up to something else. So we, I know something that our counsellor taught us is teaching our daughter healthy ways to express anger. Yes, love this. Go, I've got a couple, you go. So she's allowed to yell. Because when I was a kid, stop yelling, the neighbours will hear you. All the windows are open, stop it. 
and you're just so frustrated. You go to your room and throw something or and then it gets it escalates because then yes. you've thrown something and now you're in trouble because it's broken. And whereas if you make that safe space for anger, I know one day we let our daughter said, You can say a swear word if you want. And she's such a goody too. She's she's like, Oh no, I can't swear. And we're like, No, you let it out. Like we are giving you permission to say a swear word. And she still couldn't do it. And it was really cute. But we're like, stomp your foot, yell at us, you know, stomp into your bedroom and have 10 minutes on your bed. And then when you're ready, come out. Mm. And knowing that she can then walk out of the bedroom and we're calm and then she can come and sit on the couch and she can tell us why she's angry. So that's just something that's so foreign to me and probably you that when you're young, anger is this awful bad thing. And oh, it's not. Honey, remember, I grew up in a house like Roseanne. Everyone was fucking yelling all the time. <laughs> yes. But in terms of my thing is that I really um, advocate and we've got a son now who's nearly 14 and he's mellowed right down. And my daughter's just entering the stage. But I find, and I don't know about any of you listeners, but I find it's the every second year you have a good year. And then the, so the, the even numbers are tough numbers and oh, really? the odd numbers are easy numbers. Yeah, someone was saying this to me the other day. Yes. It's school years, yeah. So you have like a tough like two, four, six, eight, ten. There's like this real pushback. This It's like a developmental stage yeah, yeah. and comprehension comes in. Then we add in pressure and kids influencing from school and all that sort of thing. But when my son went through it at sort of 10 and then again at 12 and he'd be so rage-filled and he'd like to do the throw the hands up in the air in frustration. Mm-hmm. And he'd get really frustrated at siblings. Sometimes I'll be like, well, is this really worth being pissed off about? Like, mm. let's really assess this. Yes, your baby brother has just knocked over your Lego. That's really frustrating and really mad. I can remove him and then I'm happy to come back and help you build it. Like, mm. let's create an action from mm. that disappointment. But there were some times where he had every right to be totally frustrated or annoyed. And I'd say, I want you to go and get that tennis ball. And I'd hand him a tennis ball and just go hit it against the garage wall over yeah. and over and over because anger is a fuse that needs to burn. Yeah. So when we suppress it, mm-hmm. it's like remember when Homer used to try and suppress it in The Simpsons, then he'd grow like this huge welt out the side of his oh. neck. <laughs> well, I <laughs> mean, myself and Irene, you know, when he just all of a sudden snaps in the yeah. nursery It's <laughs> like a full mental breakdown. But that's the truth. Like, yeah. And the thing is all when it's suppressed and then what happens is they diffuse anger for so long that when they're treated unjustly, they don't have any power within themselves mm-hmm. to stick up for themselves. Yeah. In a workplace or in a relationship, they just kind of push it way, way down. Yeah. They lose their power, they lose their masculinity or their divine spirit. And so I'd say, even with my husband, when he's really mad, I would say to him, you need to go out and chop wood. Like yeah. do something masculine with big actions yeah. and you could swear at the wood or whatever. Yeah. But you need to burn this fuse because I could see he'd be so angry, but he didn't want to hurt anyone. So he wouldn't be Mm. rough, but he'd be stuck between a functioning adult and an enraged person. And I've been there. I felt that rage. I get really triggered by disrespect and back chatting Mm. and I go gangster really quick. So if a kid sort of is giving me a look and their arms are crossed and they turn around and mutter something, I will, unfortunately, folks, this is not my proudest moment. But I will say things like, what the fuck did you just say to me? Yeah. Like I get really <laughs> like go town. Put the hoops in. <laughs> it's one of those things where I now have learnt through breathwork, through yoga, through counselling, through very positive 
witty, intelligent, vulnerable women around me that I can take a moment when someone's flying accusations at me or thinking that they're getting treated and just breathe. Mm. So for me, I just stop and breathe. Once I've got my breath and I've flooded my brain with really good oxygen, Mm. I can choose my response rather than just constantly reacting in anger. Yeah. Because we'd be angry all the time, especially the more kids you have, like the fights come at you left, right and centre. Yeah. And so then they calm down because, again, what you said, they match and they mirror us. And so they might still be stomping and raging. And I'll often say, you know, when this is passed, come and find me. Mm. I did a lot of research on our little daughter. Her tantrum was so different to her mm. older brother's tantrum. So when my firstborn would have a tantrum as a two- and three-year-old, I'd be saying, get to your room. That's naughty. Get to your room. Mm. Of course, you know. And he'd argue, but he'd like run to his room. Yeah. He had this element of awareness that he wasn't the boss yeah. and he'd done something, but he might like pull his room apart, like pull all the pillow coasters off his bed. That's what he'd do when he was angry. He'd strip his bed. And so one element of me would be like, great, now I've got another job to do. Mm. And so that would make me angry. But in fact, when I got better skills, I was like, oh, I can see you are really frustrated. Yeah. Well, at least you didn't break anything and we can always remake your bed, but your bed is a safe place. But with our daughter, when you said, get to your room, she just wouldn't. She mm. just stood there with her arms crossed. She was ready to fight. Yeah. She's always been a fighter. And so you'd take her into her room mm. and try to shut the door. And nah, she would not have a bar of it. It was yeah. so different. She didn't fear me at all. And I know we don't want our kids to fear us, but she didn't fear consequences, consequences yeah. at all. And so then we'd have these discussions and it would be, I did all this research because if I'd go to approach her in a tantrum, she would kick and scream and be very violent. But then if I left the room during a tantrum, she'd be so distressed. So for her, I just had to sit on the end of her bed, Mm -hmm. make no eye contact with my hands on my palms while I waited for her anger fuse to go out Mm -hmm. because I recognized that this is not a child being naughty. Mm -hmm. At this moment, this is a child who feels that there's no other way to express herself Mm. and I will sit here until this fuse burns out and often then she'd just run into my arms Mm. and be full of apologies yeah and I'd say we all get angry mummy gets angry nanny gets angry everyone we know gets angry anger's not the problem it's what you do with it when you're in that phase yeah and so then how you can protect those around you while you wait for that fuse to burn out. So that's Mm -hmm. why I say to my husband, go and chop the wood or my son, go and throw the tennis ball. Or even for myself, I know it's go and do some breathing. It's just that when someone can't make those decisions for themselves because they don't have that training Mm -hmm. under their belts and they just are too young, it's our job then to step in and help them. Yeah. So I remember my counsellor telling me, you know, um, the saying when you flip your lid, it's yes. literally like you've got a lid on top of your brain when you experience that anger blow up. There's literally a volcano has blown off the logic. So for a good 15, 20 minutes, you actually won't have any ability to calm yourself down or think logically or respond logically. Mm-hmm. So that's why you've just got to let it burn out, like you said, burn that fuse, and then that's why even when we, you know, might have a fight with our partner, we're so angry for like a day, but then we'll sit down and communicate when we're all calm and had time to think about it. And you have such better comebacks when you've had time to think about it. You do it. 
in the moment when you're really angry, you know, you just, you don't get anywhere. No, you don't get anywhere and no one wins. And it's the, the value in, again, I've said this before, but when we go and get counseling, it's to seek counsel. It is to mm-hmm. gain knowledge. Yeah. It is about improving the pattern, continually moving forward. Mm. And I don't know, like you and I can both agree, a topic we might have gone to be counseled on evolves and changes and then life throws something else at you that you need to go back. Mm. You may not have gone for a year or two and then you might be sitting um, you know, chatting and going, okay, so new things come up with me and I just don't really know how to deal with it mm. or I need some help on finding some perspectives of this because at the moment I'm just feeling X, Y, Z. And then we look at other means like what you were saying, a walk. It's so underestimated the balance of a walk. Mm-hmm. For me, as my listeners will know, it's water. So mm-hmm. it's for me a shower or a swim or I'm lucky enough to have a spa so I can sit in that. But for me, it would be sitting by water. So I might even just walk down to the creek at the end of our estate mm-hmm. and just listen to the creek go by. Or mm-hmm. I might drive to the lake in our town and just sit by the lake and look at the reflections of the water. Mm-hmm. So those things for me are really calming and they're free. Mm, they're free which is great so in that time when you need to regulate yourself find what works for you listeners and it's different for everybody and that comes back to what we were saying with every human being different and siblings and families being different for Haley, it's high intensity exercise for me it would be more breath work and slow movement so everybody has a different thing and not one thing suits everyone mm-hmm. but finding what it is and it's only can happen through testing and measure trial and error mm. Let me say this. If you go to a counsellor that you don't gel with, please don't go back. Yeah. There's a lot of them. It's amazing how long people will persevere with someone they're just not vibing with. Yes. And, I mean, you could go to the same counsellor for a year and have great success and then just come to a stablemate where you just feel you can't go any further with them. That might be because you've actually evolved and you need to go to not a better one but one that just does different things Mm. and then you know i know i've done that but then i've actually gone back to the old counselor because it just depends what issue you've got going on but yeah counseling i mean i just often think if only i had gone to counseling in my early 20s and have the knowledge that i have now yeah i think i'd rule the world honestly (laughs) absolutely every human would though yeah like this would be the difference in society yes is if we all had more tools yes if we all had more resources if we all just treated each other nicely and that come from a foundation of self-love and self-worth yeah these are all the small things that Soul Care Bendigo is all about, is yeah. finding your worth and your self-worth and your self-love again. And then you radiate that out in society and you radiate that in every relationship that you come across. Mm-hmm. And you want to lift everyone up. You want to improve the good in all of us. Mm-hmm. And it's that simple. Yeah. But people are complicated and our backstories are complicated. Mm-hmm. But that's where seeking counsel making sure you find an element of something that really works for you. Yeah. And we're complicated creatures. Sometimes we know it works for us and we don't do it. Yeah. But then think about why you're denying yourself that passage Mm. of freedom and liberation and ease. I think a big thing with counselling is it does cost money Mm. and I do think that is what stops a lot of people. But even if you were to just invest in one and get them to help you with resources that you can have that's free. Yeah. There's so many things, even on Instagram, yeah. there's a thousand counsellors and psychologists that you can follow and you just find one that you vibe with. Podcasts. Yeah, podcasts Music. are great. 
audiobooks. Yes. There's just so many free resources at our fingertips. And even a lot of people don't know if you go to your doctor and you can get a free mental health plan. Yes. But you, I think it's everyone gets 10 counselling. I think it's, well, it was six, but it might have gone up a bit more. Yeah. So you just never know what resources are there. And it's amazing. People think, you know, doctors are, well, they're medical. They don't do anything to do with spirituality and things like that. But they actually do. Mm. A lot of doctors, this is just my opinion, but I actually think a good doctor will actually send you down the road of counselling first yeah. before putting you on medication or do both because, you know, they, they, they support, support each other. other. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, all for counselling. Big advocate for it. I, and like you said, I just wish everyone could go. Yeah. And, and not be scared. Yeah. It's not about what you're doing wrong. It's why you're doing it. And yes. when you start thinking about why, it ignites a curiosity in you. Yeah. You step away from the situation and, oh, you're and you witness. find yourself like diagnosing people in your team room. You're like, oh, this is why Janet's doing this yeah. because obviously this happened to her when she was little. And just understanding. You come from a place of understanding rather than judgment. Compassion. Compassion and you can see why people behave the way that they do and that helps you to behave differently around them mm. or even how you, you know, if you've got a difficult family member, it can help you to adjust your response to them. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. Well, folks, if you're not already on the bandwagon, find something that will help your heart, someone that you can talk to. Counseling. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure the people that you surround yourself with are 100% your cheerleaders with absolutely no obligation attachment. And if you can't say that you've got people around you like that, Try and find some local organisations that you can team up with. Maybe have a look at some volunteer work. See all the networks, but just don't put your head in the sand any longer. You deserve more. You deserve liberation from patterns and behaviours that don't serve you any longer. So, as always, thank you for letting me your ears and your heart. We always love having chats about helping people be the best they can be. And as always... Make sure that you follow and subscribe to get future notifications of the next episode. Take care, Solis. Thank you, Haley. Thank you. Bye. And that's all for today, folks. As always, thank you for letting me your ears and your hearts. I feel so grateful and blessed to be able to share these stories with you and bring us together as a community. This is Gail Wilson, and this is Soul Care Bendigo's podcast, Naked. Don't forget to follow and subscribe so that you get notifications on the next episode as it lands. Take care and just be kind to yourself.